0: December 30th, 2020. I think I've already started writing 2021 on things I write, like checks and stuff. I don't know how that happens. You just get used to the year coming, and then you just start to do it. Kind of like a birthday. But anyway, it has been a long time since I've talked to you, and today is December 30th, 2020. You're listening to Sam Walking in the World, episode 43. This is the fastest growing podcast on all of No Top Terrace. And as always, the thoughts of a guy who used to be unhappy, just trying to live like he wants to be when he dies. So far, I think I'm doing all right. Uh, I have a new listener from Brazil, I noticed. Um, It happened during a time when I wasn't really broadcasting, which is nice. Maybe they're listening to the oldies. Anyway, I have to add hola, I guess is how you say hello in Brazilian. I don't know if it's Portuguese or what, but it sounds a lot like hola, but the accent is on the A. Hola. Guten Tag, kia ora, ni hao, top of the morning. yet For my Russian listeners, and my Canadian friends continue to not be hosers, eh? Uh, for a big fat hello to all my devoted listeners from four continents and two hemispheres, and I'm grateful, as always, to hear you listening to the sound of my voice. Now, I'm going to be driving a little bit later, so there's one of these segments is going to be Sam driving in the world, but it's something that I really want to talk about. Uh, something triggered it in my mind, and I got thinking back about the late 80s and early 90s. COVID got me thinking about HIV, and I know it's a serious and sad topic, but it did bring me back, and I I have some thoughts about it. That's kind of larger things, I guess, but I have plenty of stupid stuff. Things add up, as they always do, over the course of a week. I think it's been almost two weeks since i broadcasted, but I'm in the mood, and so this is what you're getting. Um... A couple things I just jotted down that I wanted to make sure I mentioned. I was watching one of my friends the other day, an older guy, and um, you know how they say if, if a student is ready, a teacher will appear? If a student is ready, a teacher will appear. We talk for I mean, the amount of time and money spent on finding better ways to, to get through to kids. In an unnamed city school district, of course. But it's it it's teacher-saturated. Teach, 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 tell, 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 show, show, show. Trying to get it through. But it's so true that, that until a student is ready, there is no teacher. And so, you know, there's something about the willingness to learn on that side of the exchange that has to be there it can't be implanted it can be it can be conditioned and shown over time but it's not a thing you can tell you can't say hey look around pay attention you could learn 20 things that you don't do right today if you just pay attention to what you are doing look for people who are doing it right and try to do what they do it's funny it sounds stupid but that it, that is actually a good idea and so I lived a day of my life, paying really close attention to everything I did. It was all the normal stuff I do. I don't know if it's the end of the year coming, and I'm thinking about this year past and how I lived it, and how I would like to live the next one. Um, but it got me thinking about it, like, what do I actually doing? And I, I I've practiced extracting value from my life. I have to. It's in order to live sane. I have to pay attention to the thing I'm doing in the moment. I have to do what I'm doing. That is my anchor, really, when I think about it. When my mind starts to get all frazzled and I'm cooped up and COVID and and uh, I wasn't able to swim because I had that, that MRSA thing on my hand, finally that healed, I was able to swim today. and A lot of things in my mind cleared, and I just got a close look at what I'm actually doing. Like I stepped outside myself and watched myself. Um, little things. I watched myself playing with the dog. Like Instead of being thinking about something else, I was just thinking about the dog. I was looking in her eyes, and I was patting her head and her ears. She was looking at me with such love. I was thinking, wow, this this is what I do. I do this every day. And I guess sometimes I, my mind isn't on it. Um, and, that, and I did the same thing w- with my job when I went and picked up my, my special needs girls. Um, I paid attention to what they were saying. I, I, it's weird because you think you're actively doing everything you're doing because you're the one doing it, but it's not the same as when you look at yourself doing it. Observing yourself. Um, I recommend it because I noticed all these things that were valuable in the things that I did that I had just begun to take for granted. Uh, I, like when I get bored, I think, oh, I want to find something else to do. Well, the next thing I do is the thing I'm doing. Don't pick it wisely. And do it. So anyway, I got off on a the tangent there. But the point of that was some of my best teachers don't know they're my teachers. Um, I'll just watch them. I think it's true that w- w- the best wisdom is imparted by example. It doesn't even have to be comprehended by the person who's wise. They can just be it without knowing it. And by watching them, you can go, wow, that was wise. And, it, and they li- all the people I know who I consider wise live with a certain kind of calm. That, that they're just, they're going to be okay whatever happens. They're, they're, they're generally not the kind of people that cause chaos in their life. But they're on a good footing when it does enter their life. I, I want to be like that. And uh, I, I realized in this moment of watching myself that there are times I'm not like that. It needs renewal. I I believe in God, and so I believe that is the source of that kind of a a psychic energy, if you want to call it that. But it has to be renewed. And it doesn't mean you need to go on a beach vacation in Mexico. It doesn't mean you need to buy a sports car. It means you, you need to pay a little bit more attention to the things you're actually doing in your life. And maybe change some. You don't like that thing you're doing, but you've been doing it as a matter of course. Don't do it. Pick something else and let that be what you're doing. I'm preaching now. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop that. Um, I also had this thought since I mentioned God. God, it appears to me, at least, throughout history, I think, is an example that God and communism hate each other. Of course, he's going with that, communism. Think about it. Communist countries don't want people to have religion. They don't want a higher power than the state. But that's a pretty dreary existence. Not only is it fallible, because it's people, and and absolute power corrupts absolutely, even if it's for the purpose of sharing everything that the the community has in communism. But communists don't like the idea of God. It it, it undermines their supremacy in in the hierarchy and and i think god also hates communism god wants me to be free to do the things i do and enjoy the results of those things for someone else to determine that someone else is supposed to get the thing that i'm yearning for takes away my yearning it it it, it contradicts it flows against the stream that i think is is the force of god which is for you to do to be your fullest self. And uh, and the communism kind of tries to harness that and and pass the energy along to other people who might not have it. When I think the real solution is for them to have it too. So I, I wrote that down. That's the only reason that I brought that up. But I did want to talk about it. I think about communist countries. I understand now why they hate God. And I believe why God does not like them. Seems to bust them up whenever they occur. Which is why I think communism has failed everywhere in the world. It doesn't harness the human spirit. And the human spirit, I think, is divine. Anyway, that said, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, um, I'm going to talk about a few more stupid things. Um, and then, like I said, the larger thing will probably be in the car. But um, I think you'll um, appreciate it anyway. Anyway, it's great to be back. So I'm going to take a quick break. And I'll be back after these messages. What's up, Milky? <laughs> Welcome back to Sam Walking in the World. You'd be happy to know that Milky had a delightful Christmas. Got himself full of eggnog. Kept it on the down low. Um, but I imagine, imagine things must have gone well with his in-laws because uh, I think I would hear about it if, if they weren't I'm any good. That's See, that's nice. See, that's nice. Milky, Milky is one of those wise people that I was telling you about. You know? He's on the other side of the microphone, but I swear, if you were to watch him like I watch him, just carry carry on his life the way he does. He has that calm I'm talking about. And it's because he's just kind of ready for whatever's going to happen. He, he is a cool cow. Bull. Sorry. Bull. Okay, anyway, let me get back to some stupid stuff before I get to the big stuff. First, um, I was thinking about Depends. Like the adult undergarment. um. And I, uh, I'm older, you know, I, uh, I've already talked about sometimes it, how I dream about just wearing diapers around. I wouldn't have to go to the bathroom. So I, I love the idea. Um, but I was thinking about the name, like depend. Is that the best name for a product whose market is people who want to be independent? Like depend, you depend on these diapers. You cannot live your life unless you wear these diapers. You have dependence upon them. Anyway, I guess you can depend on them, which means rely on them. They should be called rely, not depend. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I'm very pro-adult diaper. Okay, moving on. I wish I had an audio guide. This is what got me thinking. I was talking in the car. And I was recording something. And, you know, you get all the sounds and the and the noise of the car and the other cars around you and the hum of the engine and all that. And it's just not the same as talking to, into my, my golden microphone that I have here in the studio. Um, but it got me thinking, like, I wish I had one of those audio tech guys that seems to be in every single television, police, movie, or show. Where it's like... They have like a, an audio tape and and they got to try and figure out what's on it. Is it so and so's voice? Can any information be gleaned from this? Because it was at the crime scene. Somebody must have recorded this. And like there's a murder or something. And, and the, like, they're playing the tape and it's like, Are these rags <laughs> that get me? Oh, man it was right there at the scene if only we could understand what's on this tape and then the, they're like let me let me run it through the text and then the tech comes back with it he's like uh, I lowered the high end on this and I uh, calibrated the medium uh, treble and uh, let me see if this helps and it's like John Mitchenbaum committed the murder here is where all of the evidence is buried so I can get rid of all the other sounds that I don't want And then I could just drive and talk, but I don't have one of those tech guys. And so I guess they're gonna find John Mitchenbaum now if he's still alive. Okay, that's that. Okay, now here's a piece of advice that makes my life a lot better. Completely revolutionized an experience for me. And it's a simple thing. Some gas stations have that little clip underneath the nozzle when you put it in your gas tank and it just holds it there so the gas keeps on flowing and you can walk away from it. Or you can, it doesn't and you have to stand there with your hand there. And you have to go through the thoughts of a guy who's pumping gas. What are your thoughts when you're pumping gas? Because you're actually thinking, you have about, I don't know, a minute and a half Next time you're pumping gas, think about what you're thinking about. But I found myself just like standing there going, you know what? I wish I could go around and take a sip of my Red Bull. Or I wish I could go around to the other door and pet my dog through the window. Or I wish I could just have my hands free to put in my pocket so they're not freezing. By the way, I bought gloves that say good to minus 20. Not true. Tested them out this morning. They weren't very good in 28. So it's a 48-degree swing. But anyway, when you clip that nozzle lever underneath, it is a completely different experience. Just try it one time. It's like, wow, I've been pumping gas the barbaric way. Problem is you got to find the gas stations that um, have that clip, and I'll tell you one that does, burned airy. I love burned airy. I cannot talk enough about it. Everything I need is there, to the point where it's so obvious that I like it that I was given a gift card for a hundred dollars by my in-laws for Burned I love it. I love the place. I don't know what it's like. The lighting, the people are nice. I mean, there there are many of them, so you got to kind of pick. You know, you don't want to go to the seedier one, which is still good. Don't get me wrong. But there's one that I go to, and they have the clips on the nozzles. And I can just sit there eating a, I don't know, chicken salad wrap, which are delicious. Uh, they have treats for the dog. When I go in there, I grab little uh, bacon, bacon treats. I don't forget what they're called. She loves them. So if I'm ever in the mood to give her a treat and I'm in Dairy, I can just go do that. All right, I've gone off on a wild tangent. I promise you I'm not being paid by Dairy. but try hooking the nozzle Lever, next time that you're pumping gas. And I bet your experience is different. Okay. Um, I got a whole bunch of stuff I got to do today. Um, and I'm going to pay attention to it as I'm doing it. It's going to mean something because I'm aware that I'm doing it. And I think it's going to make for a very meaningful day. So I will let you know. Um, and we'll, I'll get back to you in a few minutes when I get in my car. And then I will share something larger. And I'll be back after this. Hello and welcome back to Sam Walking in the World, episode 43. Um, I want to talk about something that is a little bit depressing. But it was also kind of funny to me that what happened in my day. So it ended up cheering me up. But it is something serious. Without further ado, um, I was talking to a friend of mine about... Rocky movies, and um, he brought up, he's younger, Um, he's in his late 20s, but he brought up uh, Rocky 5, for those of you who don't remember Rocky 5, um, Tommy Morrison, was it Tony Morrison, Tommy, I think it was Tommy Morrison, T-O-M-I, he was this real, he was a heavyweight boxer, and he was this white dude. He, at least from my, from my recollection of it, I remember feeling like he was an up-and-coming boxer. I don't know if he was like an up-and-coming actor, and that's why they put him in Rocky V, or if he really was an upcoming, up-and-coming boxer. Um, but I remember, if you don't recall, the sad part is that to, um, Tony Morrison, Tommy Morrison, is the um, is the guy that ended up contracting HIV. And I think you say contracting it. I'm not sure. The reason I bring it up is because, um, I was talking with somebody who's clearly from a different kind of era. And, and I remember, I mean, anyone that's in the, in their late forties, maybe early fifties too, remembers being like the generation where, where HIV infection exploded first. And, um, and I'm just thinking about COVID, and uh, thinking about how uh, all the younger people now—it's you know all they're going to remember, probably for decades—is COVID. Um, and it's not not exactly the same. I don't mean to make light of anyone dying from a virus, but um, the difference, the main difference to me in my mind, stands out between COVID and HIV is that, for one thing, when you have the COVID virus. It doesn't guarantee or at least severely increase the likelihood that you're going to die. I'm sorry, this is Sam driving in the world, I should have said so. If you hear these ambient noises, I apologize. But I just wanted to to talk about this right now while I was thinking about it. And um, it it was like a death sentence is how you thought of it back in the, I would say, late 80s, early 90s. I was uh, just finishing up college. I remember walking through my college cafeteria, the CAF, and hearing that that Magic Johnson had contracted HIV. And I remember how huge a deal it was. It was like, how, it was before they had redone any kind of research to find those ma- medicines that they now have, that obviously Magic Johnson is still alive, that you know, with it, with the right medication you can live with it and it doesn't kill you it only kills you if you don't treat it um, but nevertheless the stigma of, of knowing someone having it that had it or being in a relationship with someone that you found out had it I was actually even at the time I was dating a girl whose ex-husband had passed away from it and I, I didn't at the time, I mean, you know, there were a lot of question marks still. And I remember thinking to myself, geez, it, 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 it impacted my direct thinking about whether or not, and I'm so sorry to say this, but my direct thinking about whether or not I wanted to remain in a relationship with that person. And they had a child, they had a, like a two-year-old child who was the cutest little boy, and he ended up not having HIV. He was born without it. So I remember thinking like, wow, man. But at the time, any any minor wrinkle in a person's normal cookie-cutter life was enough for me to stop going out with them. I still had this idea that life was supposed to be a certain way. I was still hanging on to that idea that there were acceptable ways that your life could be and then unacceptable ways. And I was just grateful as all hell that I didn't have one of those ways that was unacceptable. I, I really just spent my whole life trying to prevent my life from becoming one of those ways that was unacceptable because I guess... I didn't really have a plan forward. It turned out there was X and such a wrinkle added to my life. I I honestly don't know what I would have intended to do. It just tells me where my mind was at at the time. And maybe where everyone's mind is at at the time when you're in your, you know, 20s. So anyway, um, I was talking to this good friend of mine who's in his late 20s about um, HIV and, you know, and I just wonder how much less they know about it now. It's obviously not on the front page anymore. You know, I don't know how many people die of AIDS every year. Um, but I'll tell you this. I definitely remember the day that I had begun seeing someone new and it was the thing to do. You got tested for HIV. Because they they would explain to you it in a way that scared the living crap out of you. Like, however many people you've been with, well, you've not just been with those people. You know what I mean, sexually speaking. You haven't just been with those people, you've been with a hundred people they've been with and each of those people, a hundred people they've been with. and Before you knew it, like if you did the math out, like you, you had been with everybody in the world. Or it seemed. And so you had to wait too. Like I, I, I think I remember going to get it and then they would call you and make you go back to the place physically. Because of the whatever, one in however many thousand people that they had to give bad news to, they did, they did it all the same way. So you couldn't tell from whether or not you'd gotten a phone call back, whether you had it. You had to show up. You knew other people who had shown back up to get their results and be like, oh, I had to go back to it. I didn't have it. You're like, oh, all right, all right. And you start thinking about like the seediest people in your life, the worst mistakes you've ever made. And you start doing the math in your head and you think, all you have to do really, all you had to really do at the time was determine the possibility that you could have had it. And your imagination did the rest. And you sat there, you drove there thinking about how you might soon be contemplating the beginning of the end of your life. And then you sit down. It was usually in some like weird annex building where they let someone use the back of it for like uh, you know some charity medical service that would do it. And uh, and you'd be just. It wasn't no, nice enough person that I spoke to, but I mean, it just seemed like the person that read the read the information to you. And uh, I remember I'm going in the back and going into this file. Like, nothing was in computers then. It was in like a hanging file folder and a file cabinet. They, What's your name here? Let me see here. All uh, right. And they pulled it out so casual, I'll never forget it. Might as well have been like that super slow-mo that you see in movies now. Like with the person pulling the file out of the cabinet and turning to look casually at me as they were doing it. My whole brain is hyper-focused on the, any indicator I can get of the mood they're in once they see the thing. And, and then I never really got to see that. She just kind of plop it down. And, and then like in like less than a second, she flipped it open, said, oh, you're good. I was like, oh, my God. I, I got to tell you this. I, I took my own safety ser- much more seriously after that. I'm sure in a way that young people now are going to take their life a lot more serious with the seriousness of COVID. Um, but most of them aren't older. You know, it's usually, that's a bit, one of the big differences with COVID and, and HIV is that, you know, you're young. You can, you, you know, it didn't matter how old you were when you found out you got HIV. You weren't like, I'm young, I'm strong. Which is what leads me to the thing that was funny about it, is that the way, that my twenty late 20-something friend told me about it, it made me stop for a second and wonder if he did understand the gravity of it. Just because, like I said, it's been out of the news. Like, I wonder if people really do understand that when you get HIV... Unless you have the medication, which I guess that's the presumption now is that everyone does. Everyone has the accessibility to it. And so very rarely, I'm guessing, do you find people who have died from HIV, from AIDS. Which is HIV, Human Immunodeficiency Syndrome, AIDS Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome. I think I got HIV right. Human Immunodeficiency Virus. HIV. I guess. I could be wrong. But anyway, he, he was talking to me about Tommy Morrison. he's like, yeah. He's like, remember that dude? here's why I'm telling the stories because I thought that it was one of those, not a miracle, but one of those incredible turn of events where it was great news for everybody where he had been di- Tommy Morrison had been diagnosed with HIV. And then sometime later in like subsequent tests, he was found to not have it. Like, and and I, I don't think he had it and then didn't. I think that he it might, must have been misdiagnosed from the first time. And I was like, wow, what awesome news of all the things that you could get misdiagnosed about. That is the number one thing that you put, maybe a cancer maybe. But, I mean, I don't know. I might even put HIV above cancer because of all, everything they can do for cancer now. But, uh, like recently, for example, I went to the ophthalmologist. And I always felt like I had more trouble seeing out of my left eye than my right eye. There's like this spot kind of right in the middle where I I just feel like I have a blind spot. But I've always been told I have a blind spot in my right eye, not my left. So I'm like, wow, man, something must be going wrong with my eyes because I see this now in my left eye. I just presumed I had it in my right eye, even though I didn't notice it. And then they told me it was a record-keeping mistake. I just recently went back to get my eyes checked for the first time in like 10 years. And it was like, oh, again, we have this on the wrong, our record keeping is wrong here. That blind spot is on your left eye. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot more sense, but fairly inconsequential considering a misdiagnosis. This, I was, like, I was like, wow, the guy doesn't have it. He had to get his mind all the way to the place where he was sure he had it. And all of the, the resulting catastrophic thoughts. And now they're gone. Then my twenty-something friend told me that he was the only Tommy Morrison. Sadly, was in denial about having it. He 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 was diagnosed it, and then he went into this deep, deep, like almost like mental illness-related denial about the fact that he had it. I don't know if he was lying to himself or if he was lying to other people and trying to get away with it so that he could continue to box. I I know for a fact he was he did have some title fights coming up and after he was in Rocky, everyone wanted to see him fight for real. And so he might have just just turned that part of his mind off that knew the reality that he had it. But the way my friend described it to me is what cracked me up. He was like He's like, yeah, I remember. And he was in denial. And then he, like, disappeared for a while. Nobody would fight him because they found out that he did have it. And then he just, like, wasn't in the news for a really long time. And then, like, and then turned out, like, he got sick. And in the end, it was the AIDS that got him. I was like, <laughs> I was like, are they sure? Did they rule everything else out first? Like, it made me think, like, does he not realize the gravity of what it means? And I'm sure he does, but, it's, again, it's like... It's because it's not talked about all the time anymore. You don't realize that it is a likely death sentence, but maybe not so much anymore. But at the time, for 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 Tommy Morrison, it definitely was. You know, I just, I, my head kept spinning that out all the rest of the day. And then the next day, I was like, I was like, he, it's it's crazy because he had arthritis and hepatitis, halitosis. I mean, and the doctors ruled every one of those out. Like. systematically they eliminated every other cause of what it could be that got him sick and it turned out in the end it was the AIDS. I was like, dude, you need to refresh your course or else you need to get better at how you say that because people are going to think you don't think that you die from AIDS. But I just kept them messing with my wife about it. Yeah, it just, it seemed like, you know, once the knee healed and the surgery went well and everything was good, he could walk again, everyone thought, you know, he, he can get around again, his blood pressure would be better, everything, you know, he may make him out of the woods on this AIDS thing after all, and then, uh, sure enough, sure enough, it was the AIDS that got him sick. Thought he could shake it.
1: And, uh,
0: I guess just another thing to be grateful for. And I guess what really got me thinking about that is that it's sad that so many people have to die for us to learn, and I don't mean like, oh, why do all these people have to die for our politicians to learn? I don't mean any of that crap. I mean learning from evidence, scientific evidence regarding the drug and the and the um, virus. Like certainly at the time, if we had all of this research about HIV, like if uh, it was just in a file cabinet somewhere, dumped by an alien, in case this thing called HIV ever sprung up on earth we would just give them all those medicines and then no one would die of it it would have been a miracle in the late 80s early 90s if all that research had been done but of course all that research was done because people were getting and dying of hiv I remember the greg luganus thing that happened and he hit his head on the board and he was so worried about the blood going public because everyone would find out he had it I don't, I, I don't know if the jury was ever out and whether or not Greg Louganis was gay, but it did go around, it did travel through the gay community a lot faster, but it traveled through the drug use community, too, because of needles, and, and it was so prevalent in the 80s and 90s that, like, just look at Magic Johnson, you, you did not have to be gay in order to have AIDS. and So you had reason to worry yourself if you were heterosexual, and to worry about your, your homosexual friends. Um, like they were ever doing anything wrong. You know, they weren't. So, anyway, I just figured I'd share about that. But yeah, the doctors, they ruled everything else out. I mean, they were methodical. You know, I mean, it's like they knew he had AIDS to begin with, but you know what I mean? They were going to keep on looking for that guy. Just keep on looking. And then it turns out, yeah, it was in the end. It was. Well, they couldn't find anything else that was making him sick. So it turned out to be the AIDS. And with that, I will take a quick break. I'll be back after this message. <laughs> And with that, I have concluded my broadcast for the day. I hope everybody begins their year the way they intend on living it. In fact, you know what? Start now. I'm going to try and start now. It's the 30th. You've got two days to get everything ship-shape. And I will see you next time. Thank you for listening, as always.